like to get caught up in rankings, but uh, I will say that we, we took a took a little, little extra pride in this game, and uh, it was it was it was gritty, it was chippy, but uh, and we we're happy to come away with the win. Well, I just think it's great for Connecticut lacrosse. To be honest with you, it, it's the, the sport is growing, um, and there's great teams throughout the entire state of Connecticut, and we respect. Uh, the northern teams and how good they are. This team's been to the state semifinals the last two two years, and they've given our ex our FCAC uh, rivals some some good games. So uh, we wanted to play this game. We were out five starters today, and uh, to, to win 11-6 versus a team like Glastonbury, it's a very good team uh, without five of our guys, uh, especially on the defensive end. Uh, we had three guys out, and um, just amazing. And it's a, it's a tribute to the depth of our team. Final score of today's Geico High School Lacrosse game is Darianne Blue-Wade, 9, St. Anthony Friars, 11. We still got some proving to do, you know, uh, we're past the halfway mark of the season. I'd like to be making fewer mistakes, but uh, we're certainly playing tough against some of the top teams in the country. And, you know, uh, there's no moral victories in, in you know, losing to, you know, seeing all prep and, and St. Anthony. Just, you know, you play these games, you get better, and hopefully by June, uh, we're playing our best across. We played pretty well at times, but I think that we, I just think that we were a little emotionally, you know, not fully invested in today's game. I, I'm not mad at my kids. I get their kids and they're, they're learning how to compete at the highest level. We're asking a lot of them. Um, and I'm proud of, of, of getting the win. You know, Brian's a tremendous coach. Gopher's a really good program. Um, but I'm just more worried about my guys and you guys know with me. And, and I just think we could, we got more in the tank than that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Long Stick Podcast. And <laughs> I am dating myself with that music. Maybe yourself as well, Mike. <laughs> A little northern exposure as New Canaan went up to Glastonbury, all the way up north, the northern versus uh, southern lacrosse showdown on Saturday. And you heard from uh, New Cannon's great midfielder, Quentin O'Connell. Yeah, they, they took a little pride in uh, going up there and showing them what's what. And, you know, Glastonbury <laughs> was undefeated. And, uh, you know, and uh, New Cannon basically took it to him. Uh, you heard uh, Quentin O'Connell and you heard uh, New Cannon coach Chip Buzio, who, who said, you know, this team was out five starters, especially on the defensive side. And they still came away with a, an 11 to 6 win. After that, you heard a little bit from Jeff Braymar, the Darian head coach, down at St. Anthony's at the high school lacrosse classic. They go 0 for 2, which is very undarian like, and uh, you could hear it in uh, Coach Braymar's voice a little bit there. You know, he wasn't uh, wasn't thrilled with the two losses, but you know, it, it's it's still a, a developing team, and uh, you know, I think the big thing you take out of that game is, yeah, they they lose the, the two games. They lost lost to Seton Hall Prep. Um, uh, and overtime, they let slip a two-goal lead. Coach Braymeyer wasn't couldn't be too happy with that. And then they come back and they play an absolute powerhouse in uh, St. Anthony's that uh, you know pretty much uh, had its way with all the other Connecticut teams that had lost to Darien three straight years um, before pulling out that win. So uh, a good win for uh, uh, St. Anthony's. But Darien right there with them. They were right there with them until about three minutes left, and it was just kind of a unsettled situation. Scrum in front of the net that. Uh, that uh, they were that St. Anthony's was able to get past uh, Darian goaltender Annie Demopoulos, and then um, and then of course you hear uh, a Graham Nimi of uh, Fairfield Prep. Not not. 
too too thrilled uh, with his pl- team's play after they had uh, played Chaminade uh, of Long Island. Probably the best. He well, he's called it probably one of the best teams in the country as far as association schools go. Uh, and they and they hung right in there with Chaminade. They got to come right back and play their SEC rivals, Guilford. And uh, they came away with a big win there as well. So, uh, but but uh, you know, a little bit of a you know, he wasn't too too thrilled with them, but a little bit of a letdown letdown as far as that go. But still, a big win for Fairfield Prep. They were able to win, and now we got our New Cannon versus Fairfield Prep showdown set for Saturday. Uh, New Cannon is now up to number four in the poll, and Fairfield Prep number three. So that that'll be great on on Derby Day, <laughs> no less. Uh, which I don't know why you guys kind of schedule that on Derby Day, but hey, you know what the heck? It's a it's a whole different thing. Well, no big deal. Anyway, I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. Long-winded opener there. Michael Fornabio was with me in the studio. Michael, how are you? I'm doing all right, Sean. How about you? Interesting. Maybe I'm not doing that well. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. <laughs> Slowly dying, but anyway. Joining us a little later on the podcast, we will have the head coach of McMahon High School, Joey Smith. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't seen it, uh, McMahon uh, dealing with a little bit of a you know a, a really tough situation with their assistant coach Ty Garente uh, being uh, injured in a car accident that happened about t- what two weeks ago. Uh, an accident on Route 8, and we're going to talk to, uh, you know, he's he's in he's rough shape. He, he, he rides up right now. He's paralyzed from the waist down. He's got a, a long haul ahead of him, but we're going to talk to Coach Smith about, you know, what time means to him and, 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 and his team and what the uh, – what the rest of the state and how the rest of the state has rallied uh, to help his cause. And, we're, you know, obviously uh, we send our best wishes uh, to Co- Coach Corrente. Um, you know, by all counts, he's just a great guy. And, uh, you know, we, we, we hate to see that kind of stuff, but it, it's heartwarming to see what the lacrosse community uh, has already done for them. And we'll, we'll talk to Coach Smith a little bit about that. Interesting week of lacrosse there. I mean, obviously, I took a 300-mile road trip. I saw. That's pretty impressive. I guess, yeah, yeah, you like that? Not, maybe and then you throw the Fairfield Prep Guilford game that I went to in there and coming in, uh, from my home in Hamden. And, you know, we're looking at almost 400 miles round trip. Uh, you know, the big, big lacrosse tour for me. And uh, I'm all fired up. And that was a really fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Exhausting. But uh, a really fun weekend. I got to see my buddy Rich, who works at St. Anthony. He works on the clock. We were making jokes. <laughs> we were sitting there making jokes. All the all of our Syracuse alums. Hey, what's Rich Mamlet up to? Oh, he's working the clock. Oh, what is that? Some radio station? Ninety nine point nine, the clock. Anyway, we were joking a bit about that, but he did an expert job there. Thanks for Rich for ha- having me. Anyway, um, so tell me about your your week. Uh, you saw a couple. Uh, you saw the favorite prep Guilford game, but you also got to see our buddy St. Paul showing up a little bit at uh, at St. Joseph. Uh, the 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 rumor through the grapevine is they were not too pleased with me and uh, my uh, well, comments. Happened, but yeah. <laughs> They weren't pleased with my comments that they should kind of, you know, pump the brakes before they beat St. Joseph. I got to give them credit, though. I, I'm, 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 I'm here to praise St. Paul, not to bury them. Uh, they hung around St. Joseph, a really strong FCAC team, and maybe they are for real. You know, maybe we can, maybe St. Paul, they, they, you know, there's a couple tough losses, but uh, maybe, you know, maybe St. Paul is a, is a team we should watch. What do you think? They got, they got a pretty good offense. I mean, when they, when they can. And then clear the ball, as, as their coach said, and when they possess the ball, you know they they got some pretty good weapons. You know they got they got a really good attack, um, and and 
you know, I think the big it's kind of the big thing for St. Joe's as well. They're they're young in uh, in a lot of spots up front. Uh, no one or, one or no seniors. I forget what it was. Mm. And, you know, above the above the midfield and. You know, when when they kind of cut the turnovers out, they kind of took the game over. But uh, but St. Paul, when when they got the ball, they're they're pretty dangerous. Yeah, this is basically the same thing with uh, Glastonbury. You know, when they had the ball against Duquesne, they could score. You know, you had Tierney, you had Hazard, you have uh, Alex Tur- Alec Turry, and uh, and the Consoli brothers. Uh, you know, uh, but but the problem was they could not win a faceoff. They lost seventeen of nineteen faceoffs. Granted, against two guys, you know, who were going to, you know. Who are going Division One, um, and and that's that's just because New Canaan has one of the top programs in the country, and you know, and uh, Glastonbury acknowledged it, and it's and the same thing down at uh, down at St. Anthony's, Darian just could not win a faceoff, mm-hmm. but they made up for it. They were able to hang around, not as you know, Glastonbury, not so much, but Darian definitely was able to hang around with with the play of its defense. Like Sam Cragen was was locked on Brendan O'Neill, uh, St. Anthony's. Uh, uh, the, Ju- amazing junior who is you know he, he right now he's ready for the division one lacrosse let me tell you that kid uh i was really impressed but he only scored a goal and had an assist they pretty much locked him off of course you know you have jake bonomi from uh st anthony's he yeah he's he lit him up with five goals so you know yeah you, you take away the top score but then you got to figure out a way to get the other guys stop the other guys from getting involved and so uh, the trick yeah so um you know uh this face off is just so 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 important and uh, and if you you don't have a good uh, face off or you're facing a team and as it usually is the case you're facing a team that has one or in New Cannon's case four <laughs> I mean they had two guys Justin Weefelt and Tim Norton when you have guys like that it's going to be tough for your team uh, so you got to make up for it in other ways and that that means usually playing really good defense and having a goalie that was lights out <laughs> uh, I think the big thing that came out of the Darian weekend. In Long Island, maybe not the the Seton Hall prep game, but the San Anthony's game was Andy Demopoulos, their sophomore goalie. You know, it was played in front of ESPN. ESPN live broadcast it on uh, the live stream, and uh, I, you, they could not say enough good things about uh, Andy Demopoulos. Big, nice looking kid. He's first year starter. Takes over uh, this year, and uh, they call it. And I even I wrote it. It's kind of a it was kind of a coming out party for him. You know, he had 13 saves. Re- the, the best was when he had two. He had a blocked shot on a fast break, and then he he, he stopped that, and then he stopped the rebound that came right back at him. It went right off right off his head, <laughs> and the score was nine nine at that point. And then he then he stopped another point blank shot. It was just the the those unsettled situations that really that that allowed St. Anthony to get to uh to pull away from that win but uh you know really i thought a really really great effort by him moving over to fairfield prep and guilford i, I you know guilford they they beat newtown uh on a uh, they had a three goal lead against newtown um and they were able to hang on to continue their unbeaten season they got to eight and eight and oh and then they walked into a uh, raftery stadium which is you know why don't they play they should play the lacrosse championship there i know parking might be, be an issue but it would be yeah that's a they they got I, I listen McMahon's always been a great place to, to to play the finals don't get me wrong but and they have tons of parking I guess that's usually the big thing and I know it's I don't know how Fairfield University feels about uh, the whole state descending on that one little spot and the little right. small little access road that goes between mm-hmm. it and they have the garage and stuff but uh, but anyway uh, Guilford goes into uh, to Fairfield Prep and it was quite the rude awakening wasn't it Mike Well yeah you you, you walk into that stadium against that team with 
that kind of talent and yeah these these things kind of happen and, uh, <laughs> yeah i mean you know, it it's it's kind of funny you know hearing you know graham Neme after that game talking about how emotionally spent they were and hearing some of the other kids talk about you know coming off a of shamanade and yet it was 14 to 5 and if you take out about a 37 second whatever that was no 20 second wasn't it three goals in 20 seconds yeah it was 20 you take seconds out those three go for goals in 20 seconds it's <laughs> it's even more uh impressive just the you know the the they kept finding ways to kept finding ways to score. They were possessing. They uh, they did a pretty nice job. The judgments. So we await with bated breath the New Canaan versus Fairfield Prep game. That game will be at Raftery Stadium on Saturday at four thirty. Really anxious to see what's going on there. I don't know what the story is with the uh, as of Thursday morning. I don't know what the story is with New Cannon's injuries, but uh, you, you'd hope that, that they are going to be a full strength for that one, or at least close to full strength. And I think that's what uh, Chip Buzio was saying. You know, once they get their guy, once they get their guys back, they're going to be really tough. I, I still think you know the poll says Ridgefield at number two, Darian obviously number one, Ridgefield number Ridgefield coming off a nice win over Yorktown, New York. They won uh, in the last second there but they're still number two fairfield prep three i still think new canaan right now is the number number two team in in mm. in the state that's just my i don't vote in the poll i don't know why i don't know we, we, we really should <laughs> that's okay no no big deal um but i i really think new canaan's right now looking the like the best second best team they got that depth um yeah they're they're, they're pretty solid it's it's a shame those two don't uh, don't play in the regular season at the very least this year because that would at least give us something to sort it out, but uh, maybe who's maybe, that? Maybe, uh, New Canaan and uh, and Ridgefield. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Just the, way, just the way the schedule breaks down. Ah, uh, that's right. Sixteen game schedule, and then you're playing all these out of out of league games. Well, maybe that's something yeah, you, yeah. we're gonna we'll figure out in the FCAC tournament, which is coming up. Yep. When geez, only a three oh, three weeks coming away, soon. or not even. I mean, we're, we're, we'll, we'll know. I mean, Staples is almost done. Um, you know, make. Looking at some of the other teams, uh, Darianne's only got four games left. New Cannon's only got four games left, beginning with Fairfield Prep, and they get West Hill. Then the big one at Dunning Stadium, Be There or Be Square, Saturday the the 11th, they play Darianne, which should be an absolute, as it always is, an absolute awesome game. And then they wrap in all any up. sport and any oh, any time, every any, football, yeah. basketball, lacrosse. Uh, Girls lacrosse, uh, you name it, tiddlywinks. <laughs> you know, that, we talk about some tough rivalries. Uh, that's uh, that's probably what that's the best one going, just as far as the state's concerned, in, in my eyes. Well, let's take a look at the top ten poll, Mike. You know, uh, the the song remains the same for the most part, other than a few corrections, uh, as it were, for uh, from the la- rankings. Uh, how do you think it came out? I didn't quite bingo it, so, <laughs> but uh, you know you're, you're going to have those. It seems like you're going to have those three or four teams just sort of sitting there most of the way here. New Fairfield uh, moves up a spot with Glastonbury's loss to New Canaan. Uh, the, uh, that's going to be an interesting one on Saturday night as well. It's uh, it's a shame they're not a little more spread out. I like to do both of them. It's going to be tough. They've uh, they're they're headed to Newtown Saturday night, seven o'clock. Right. So after that prep New Canaan game, it's going to be a little uh, hop up twenty five maybe. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, but <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out how if we could cover both. How yeah, I do it. Like, is there a spot to stop and? Right we're gonna tr- we're gonna try. We're certainly gonna try Newtown. Yeah. 
which was rolling along a little bit and then ran into basically, you know, they, they were right in that Guilford game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Guilford pulled away late and then they played, uh, they played Glastonbury, the, the two teams that had lost, uh, they played Glastonbury and who, who can bounce back quicker type of game. And it was Glastonbury pulling away with a 12-8 victory. So they're back on the, uh, the winning track and Newtown's got it. This, this, this is the last team they wanted to see <laughs> right now. You got two losses in a row now for Newtown and then they got to play the best team in the SWC, which Liam Ford and the guys, you know, they've only, they have not lost yet in state. And uh, so that's oh, wow. a, so that's a really tough spot, but you know, I, <laughs> I think we met it absolutely. Um, you know, New Fairfield seems to be the, you know, definitely the class of the league, and, and you know, is right there with uh, with a lot of other teams in the state. But uh, this is why you play these, right? Yeah, you get out and see see uh, see what you got in some of these bigger games. Guilford right now, New Fairfield uh, and Guilford right now sitting at uh, nine and one atop the Class M standings, and uh, looking at uh, Class S quickly. Yeah, Summers, uh, you want to talk about a, a shocker. Summers' unbeaten season comes to a close. They lose to Granby Memorial. Those games are always tough, though. Yeah, you know, they're uh, they're always meeting each other in the the NCCC, you know, uh, playoffs. They're sometimes meeting in the Class S playoffs. They're uh, they're pretty competitive. They're pretty fun. Granby Memorial, no slouch. I mean. Uh, they were just coming off a, a really tough loss to Bacon Academy, twelve to eight, and uh, we're able to nip Summers in OT. That was talk about your bounce back games. That was huge, sixteen to fifteen in overtime. You know they're sitting there at seven and three, and uh, that's got to give them a little bit of confidence. They had previously lost to Summers. I forgot they played twice yep. up there, and they had previously lost to Summers, nineteen to eleven. And Beckett Cashman scores the winner, and the last unbeaten team in the state. They go down. You got nobody left. That's it. We're all, everyone's at least got one loss. And uh, so they're going to have to rebound Summers uh, with uh, three straight home games against Old Lime, Canton, and then they, they have that really interesting one versus Connard out of the CCC. Connard's been playing pretty well. Um, I was hoping to go see that, uh, and it got postponed twice last week. So. so Darian is sitting there at number one. You have Ridgefield two, Fairfield Prep three, New Canaan four, New Fairfield five. Glassmary only drops to number six. Uh, number seven is Staples, which, you know, as we said, they lost to Ridgefield in a heartbreaker last week. Uh, and then they lost to, to Wilton in two overtimes, which is another <laughs> heartbreaker. Like I said last week, Staples, really tough to get over the hump sometimes. Guilford rebounded nicely with a pretty dominant victory over Shelton. The other night in Shelton, we should mention, previous week, they beat Xavier for the first time. I believe it was 8-7. Uh, so that was big for the Gales, and then you know maybe you think they show up against Guilford, but Guilford, like you know, we, we as 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 tough as that Fairfield Prep game was, they can score with anybody in the yep. state. I mean, listen, John DeLucia, all American, um, and he is he is the real yeah. deal. And if you get the other guys going, you get uh, Jack Sam, Dacey. yeah, Jack Dacey, Sam Barbetta. Uh, you know they have they have weapons, and uh, they're going to be pretty dangerous. And sitting there at number 10 is, is a 4-6 and six Greenwich team, which, which uh, I guess voters were like, well, who do we heck do we put here? And Greenwich at 4-6 and six is probably better than, than most teams. Um, Greenwich still 4-6. and six. They, they defeated Stanford last week, but then they lost two straight again. They lost to New Canaan 12-4, and then they lost to Bronxville, New York 11-9. Uh, so they, they're scheduled to play four games in seven days, beginning with Danbury, which last night caused a little buzz when they uh, they beat Stanford in overtime on DJ Donovan's uh, overtime goal. 
Uh, DJ, I believe, I believe he's the son of of the Danbury principal and former football coach Dan Donovan. They're both Dan's, so I I, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm 99.9% positive. I'm sure I'm going to hear from the Donovan family that I should know this. Um, sorry, guys, I, I I just didn't I couldn't look it up before the pod. So anyway, congratulations to Danbury on that. They were all fired up. Everyone's on Twitter getting notifications left and right about that. A great a great video if you want to see that it was uh, taken by Hatters TV sports the student station up there they're doing a really nice job uh so lots of lacrosse going on and uh amazingly enough we are getting to the end of it already i feel like we just started but that's amazing but that's spring for you so <laughs> uh another shout out we got to give out to is to uh zach hawkman by the way of Notre Dame uh, west haven um zach hawkman scored his 100th goal of his career he's actually well beyond that now as uh, Notre Dame actually beat uh, last night they beat North Haven. North uh, Haven, six goals in the first quarter, and they held on to win six five. Notre Dame previously they beat East Lyme. They even beat Joel Barlow by identical thirteen to eight scores, and they beat Cheshire nine seven. So uh, after their twelve ten loss to Guilford, which when you look back at all the results so far is pretty encouraging, um, they've won four straight, and, and in which is Notre, Notre Dame's in Class M, which I I didn't I wasn't even aware of that. How about that? And they, so they're uh, they're looking pretty good there, and they, they're eight and four. Um, they just beat North Haven, which is still ahead of them in the standings, and uh, they they competed well with Guilford. Uh, that's really int- I saw them bri- yeah. saw them briefly against Hamden. Mm. Obviously, Hockman is their top player. He's, I mean, he's, he's a big he, big football guy. And he, the he, draws. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they got some weapons too up front. Uh, Alex Hurd uh, scored ten goals in one game. Mike <laughs> Mike Card, their uh, their hero in the hockey semifinals, is a pretty good offensive player. They got some. I got some interesting players, and I mean, yeah, like you say, they've been competitive. I saw them a little against uh, Treasure. Actually, saw the first half, which was a lot better than, their, than the second half, I guess. But uh, yeah, they they could be right there too. We should also shout out Aiden Whitecoff of Fairfield Ludlow, who became the school's all-time leading scorer, surpassing Nate Ryan during Ludlow's fifteen to six loss to New Canaan. So, congratulations to them. And Ludlow's got a huge one coming up tonight over at Tetro Davis Field on the east northeast end of. Of Fairfield when they face their rivals, Fairfield War. Mike, you're going to be at that one, aren't you? Be, yeah, yeah, I got the word on that yesterday, so they're heading over there. You talk about rivalries, man. There, there's another one: Fairfield Ward versus Fairfield Ludlow. The, the whole town comes out for every time those teams play, no matter what the record, no matter what sport. They, they, it's just always fun when the Fairfield teams get together. So there's just lots, lots of good performances, lots of stuff going on. And uh, for for now, we're going to go to our uh, our guest this week. Joining us on the show is the first-year head coach of Brian McMahon, but he's been coaching lacrosse for a, a heck of a long time before that, and uh, he's here to join us on, on, on short notice. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Joey Smith. Joey, Coach, how you doing? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Doing good. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, obviously, you know, really tragic circumstance uh, with uh, Ty Garante um, um, getting injured in that car accident. Uh, just give us a, a you know a little status update on, on how he's doing and uh, when you last saw him and you know how are his spirits doing. Good. Um, he got uh, put into Gaylord up in Wallingford on Monday to start the rehab process. Um, our coaches Ivan Matson and Ryan Scott they go up and see him daily. They're there basically every night. They're encouraging him through the rehab process. Right now, they're starting him up really on upper body strength and motion and getting all that in in place so they can start working on movement of the legs and stuff like that. Very slow process, obviously a tough process. What's the uh, you know what's the prognosis going forward? What what are they saying? I mean, you know, is this is there a chance that you know maybe perhaps something could happen? You know, I don't know. What's what's the prognosis? I guess. I mean. 
Ty's being very positive, no matter what. The family, the friends, everyone's being pro- very, yeah. very positive. Um, they give him a slight chance to walk again, but, I mean, miracles happen every day, and, I mean, we hope he can beat that odds. Our big thing is just taking it day by day, you know what I mean? That's all we uh, care about right now, getting stronger every day. Just like we preach to the kids, get better every day, we want him to get stronger every day, you know, and we take it from there, and he takes it from there, and he, he he's in good spirits. He's fighting, and he's battling. You know what I mean? It's it's not easy, even the first couple of days. Yeah, when your whole world gets kind of rocked like that, uh, I mean, I, I be, obviously that's just a really tough thing to do. You know, again, not only physically, but you know, mentally, kind of dealing with the challenges ahead. You know, we give our, our best to him. Just take us through that day. Um, you know, how did you learn about it, and you know, and how did how did you you break it to the team and to say that Ty, you know, was in trouble? Uh, it's just it was uh, it obviously was a weird, eerie day with being the overcast and a little bit of rain and. The crazy thing is Coach Ty just got back from that past weekend of uh, going. One of his college roommates passed away in an automobile accident. That's the crazy part of it. So he was away from the team from that Thursday and Friday, and he was very excited that Monday morning. We were playing Nalkai's freshman team, and we were talking at about 9 away. I look at the messages all the time. He was excited. He couldn't wait to get back to the team. And then all of a sudden, I walk into the school around 2 o'clock, and I get the news broken to me as I'm pulling into the driveway from the AD Mataferi. Ty's mom contacted him, and I was a little, I just, I was lost at first, just the thought of it. I'm like, all right, well, he got into an accident, maybe a fender bender. Yeah. Or then I heard it in my AD's voice. He was like, no, it's, it's not good right now. It's not good, the early prognosis. So, I'm, you know, I didn't really have much information, so we were scrambling to get as much information as possible. Obviously, with the game, we didn't want to fill the kids in with much information, and, you know, we didn't want to be incorrect or false on what we was coming into us. So my first main concern, obviously, was, well, you're telling me that he's the jaws of life, all this, that, was how was his brain, like I said originally, because, like, how was his brain? You know, you never want to hear someone being in a vegetable state or anything like that. We didn't get any good reports. All we got was it wasn't looking good with his mobility, and it didn't look good with him being able to walk and his spine and all that. Then I got a little bit of word. My nephew was up there with his brother and, and things like that, and they said, that, well, it, it's just fine. His brain's good. He was in good spirits, meaning as good as you could possibly be. Mm. He didn't have to get induced into a coma or anything like that, or he wasn't in a coma. So that was a clearing of the brain right away, and then I knew it was going to be a struggle because they said he had to go into an intensive surgery that night right away, about a five-hour surgery. And I guess – whatever positive you can take out of the surgery was as good as possible, but they found another fracture in there. So they had to take another step, but it was a, it was a wild day. And then having to go to tell the team, I told the varsity first, cause we were going out first. I just informed them that coach Ty has been put in an accident and he was alive. We don't have much information right now, but he was alive. And they were talking about a possible that he was paralyzed right now. And I think it hit the team a little hard and it made them realize couple of the life things we talk about you know what i mean when you're in high school you don't think about things like that or things like that can never happen to you but you know coach ty is a young coach and you know he's just getting out of high school about eight years ago and it it just goes to show you anything could happen you know any accidents happen regardless and that's real life stuff you know as being a first year head coach you don't expect to deal with things like that right away you know it's uh you don't you don't you, you don't ever plan for anything like that period and, you know, they, you see it in the kid's face. They were upset right away. You know, in my voice, you know, you can't – you try to hold back. But Ty's a kid that I coached all through high school at McMahon. And then I went out and coached him in football at McMahon also. And then he came back the minute I got the job. He reached out to me. Literally, he was one of the first guys. Coach, what can I do to get on your staff? So 
all that hits you at once and you don't really know how to process it at first. You know what I mean? You, you don't know how to deal with it. And then I had a couple more hours and then I had to tell the freshman team, obviously, because he's their coach. And, you know, you saw it in their eyes right away. They had to go play a game right now that wasn't easy for them. And it was a mental roller coaster kind of game that was up and down for them. And they ended up taking out and got the win at the end for them for Coach Ty. So that was pretty special for him. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the kids just immediately went into well, we're playing for coach, you know, coach Ty now and and uh, in the, in the varsity team you guys uh, you were down against Summers of New York or what no, what was it? The, Kennedy, uh, yeah. Yeah, Kennedy at Summers New York and you know, you guys had only won one game to that point and uh you know, to to be able to battle back and do that, you know, how did that make you feel as a coach to you know, and that really must have resonated with everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a little bit of relief. You know, we came out a little flat. I think the kids were down a little bit. You know, reality started hitting them. It was a couple of days later, and Coach Ty wasn't with us, and they were playing for something bigger than the W. They were playing for one of their coaches, and they really, they truly came up to me. They want to dedicate the rest of the season to their coach, and whatever they can do, whatever little part, even if it was going to get a game ball to give to Coach Ty, that's what they wanted to do, you know. And, you know, they were down, and we just preached even while we were down. You know, you got a coach that's battling right now. That's hard. That's tough on life. You know, not being down in a game, it's just, that's a game. You know, you get to go out there. That's, a, that's an honor to go out there and be able to play a game, especially when we have someone in our family struggling right now. So I think they really kicked it up, and it set in. And then once they got going, I mean, it really clicked in, and it, it, it rolled the last two games. Yeah, that's two straight you know, wins we, for you guys uh, now. Bought into that one, and now we got a huge one tonight, you know, so we'll see how it goes. Well, actually, when when you were coaching Ty, what what do you remember about about him as a as a kid? I, I remember the same lovable kid that I remember the day he even started coaching me. He was same, like I said, his baby Ty Ty, them cheeks and just his kind heart and just a very likable kid. Kids radiated to Ty, mm. so he had a lot of good friends. He was a good kid, you know. What I mean, he was just a he's a good kid. He is still a good kid. He's just a good person, you know. And you you generally see that in somebody, and he's a generally good person like you can tell it's genuine when it comes to him and he has a great heart i mean just even how he coached freshman football my brother at staples for the past couple years he's at buller haven now he still does wrestling for varsity at staples like a lot of kids just like him he's touched a lot of kids at only being 24 years old which is crazy to me tell me about uh you know his coaching style and how i know how you know the kids respond to him what's 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 unique what what is unique about him uh, I think the way just he relates to the kids, the way he talks to the kids, the respect he gives the kids, and just being there for the kids, more of a bigger brother. You know, I mean, that's what we all do as a coach at McMahon. You know, we, we're all McMahon boys coaching back at McMahon, what Coach Epstein taught us, that whole family aspect. And then everything I got bought in from McNulty at Staples was huge on the family aspect, and I think that Ty just bought into that and just relaying to the kids' everyday life, not even on the field, but even off the field, someone they could talk to and just feel comfortable talking to. Uh, have the kids been able to see him yet? Um, the kids that keep asking to see him, we're, we're holding off on that right now. Mm -hmm. He's up there. You know, they're saying, I mean, the early prognosis is, you know, if he can get that upper body strength and everything good, that there's a possibility he can go home in the next six to eight weeks. Obviously, it's going to be a slow process yeah. from there. We're not talking mobility in the legs or anything yet, but I really want to give him that space with the team. And, you know, I mean, the kids are doing whatever they can possibly do to get back to him, like even after they got the game ball in Kennedy, he had another surgery, and his best friend Ivan Matson, who's my D coordinator, they bought him up the balls. They said he had the balls right there in the bed with him. So anything little they can do, they just want to let him know that they're he's there, you know. Yeah. And he's with us, and you know, no matter what, the kids are there with him. 
one of the common themes we talk about here, we've talked about them in the past weeks, you know, sticks for soldiers and things like that. What, what's been the community, the, not maybe not just the lacrosse community, but the Norwalk community? What's been the, what's been the reaction, uh, um, you know, to, to, to Ty's predicament? How can we help? You know, everyone just knew how he's a standout guy and the people he's touched. And just being a coach anywhere is in high school, you know what I mean? You don't do it for the money. You do it because you'll generally care and you want to coach and help these kids out. And I think the rally from No Walks and even our towns beside us, Darianne, Greenwich, Wilton, everyone's just rallied together. You know, that's how we came up with the Ty Strong shirts. We originally, the kids coach, what can we do? What can we do? Can we wear shirts to honor Coach Ty? And, of course, I, I mean, it was in my plans already. And then other coaches reached out to me, Coach, how can we get on board to do what we can do to raise a little bit of money to throw to Ty? So we came out with the idea of let's do the, the you know, our shooters, the Ty Strong shooters. And it just took off from there. And we got about eight teams wearing them on Saturday, which is pretty special. Yeah, you know, a, lo- a lot of teams, you know, like the likes of Darien, the, the Fairfield yep. schools. It seems like everyone has really kind of come to, to bat, so to speak, uh, um, you know, to, yeah, well, in Sta- Stanford, I mean, everyone, you know, Greenwich reached out to us, St. Joe's, uh, Weston tonight. I mean, they reached out to us, so us in the Weston are going to wear them tonight is the plans, and then we're going to unveil them Saturday to everyone. What, what, how does that make you feel, just, just, the, just that kind of outpouring of, of support? I, I mean, it makes me, it, it feels good. I mean, you're not, you don't plan for that as a first-year coach, so I think it's really going to hit me tonight when we wear them, especially Saturday when you see us and, and Wilton wearing them together. Mm. I don't know what emotions are. I'm an emotional dude, so I don't really know what emotions are going to come out. You try to stay strong, and then when it hits you, you just don't know, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, right now, you know, you try to block some things out, and then, you know, then reality just hits when you see it. You know what I mean? You try to stay focused, 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 it's on hand. And then, I mean, just the support's been amazing, though. Just the text messages from people and the, everything's just been amazing. I think this FCX community, even the state of Connecticut, the, the it's we got a great state we live in. I think it's a state where everyone has each other's back, especially in the Fairfield County, and it just goes a long way. I think, you know, I'm a first-year coach, and people have just reached out to me nonstop, and I think it's just amazing. You know, I think that's going to go a long way for Coach Ty even down the road. You know, this is all for him. It's not for me. It's yeah. it's It's all for Coach Ty, you know, so... What are some of the, uh, you know, tell, tell me about some of the fundraising you guys are I mean, You guys immediately had a GoFundMe page, and it immediately, like, exceeded your goals. I, mean, I think the goal was, like, 30000 just to start, and it, it, with, I don't know how long it took. It didn't take very long, did it? No, it didn't. I mean, we, originally, Ryan Scott, one of his close friends, you know, was a teammate of him at McMahon. They grew up together since they were in, like, the third grade. They played football and lacrosse together. Ty went on uh, – Ryan went on to go to Eastern for a year, and, you know, he went and visited Ty up at West Virginia and decided, hey, I got to be with Ty, and this is the place I want to be. So he ended up going to West Virginia with Ty, and then uh, he felt like he had to do something right away, and he put the GoFundMe page up, and it exceeded right away. I mean, it went from 10 grand to 30 grand, and now it's almost up to 50 grand, you know. Uh, And that's huge, especially in the game if, God forbid, Coach Ty ends up being paralyzed. There's a lot of things that go along with that, you know, the recovery and just little things that have to get done that, all add up so i mean the support's been amazing and you guys have uh t-shirts uh what else are you guys doing uh we got some t-shirts made up uh the plan is we're, t- we're setting a couple things up with the family right now we have our uh alumni game memorial day weekend we're going to do a fundraiser at the blind rhino in Norwalk that night on that sunday night you know i think that could be something where even just the alumni gets involved and his friends and family he has so many friends you know anyone even in the community that want to come stop by you know, it's probably going to be signed at the door, like a $10 donation thing. Anything just to raise the money. You know, it all it all goes to a great place. 100% of it's all going to go to Coach Ty. 
Well, we're certainly um, sending our best wishes to him. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if I've met him before. I can't recall off the top of my head, but it just sounds like everybody's reaction was, wow, which is what a great kid. And, um, you know, we're, and we're obviously, you know, we're, we're just hope for a speedy recovery and, uh, and, you know, the best, best of him and his family uh, going forward and your family. Um, taking me, take me to your team a little bit here. Uh, so now you, you know, you guys have won two, two straight, uh, you beat Capital Prep on Thursday, which is just starting its program, but that must have been a, a pretty good confidence boost coming off the, the Kennedy Catholic uh, Summers game um, the Tuesday before. So, then, you know, how, how first year coach, you've been coaching a long time, though, in this league, though. You have a lot of, uh, you, you understand what it takes. And, um, you know, what's it been like? And, and, uh, and, you know, and how do you see your, your team going forward the, for the rest of the year and in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it really started when I got the job in, in the off season, you know, December, putting the time in to really set that reset that foundation, the way to get it done. I mean, the FCAC is so competitive, even the state of Connecticut, that everyone practices two hours, two and a half hours a day. So it's really what are you buying into the off season, and what are we doing with a stick in our hand to get better so we can get a little bit of an edge? You know, I was always told by Mike Epstein that, you know, our, our plan is if Darian was putting 24 hours in that week, we got to put 26 in. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to accumulate a win, but you got to outwork people. You know, you got to get that that mentality that you got to be outwork people. You know, we say, I need dogs on the field. Who wants to outwork someone? You know, I never preach to the kid, especially this year one, we don't need to go about wins and losses. We need to reset that foundation, and we need to get better as a team every single day on that field. You know, if we can get better and take a step forward, then we did something right there. McMahon under Epstein, for, they were really good, especially the, the last, the previous decade. Uh, they were always in contention. You know, just based on your time uh, with him and, and then your time with Paul McNulty at Staples and then coming back, you know, over the last, like, 20 years or so, how is, like, how has things changed in, you know, it's tough. In Norwalk, you got two schools, you got you got all this stuff going on. And, you know, how, how, thing, how have things changed and how do you guys get back to that level? It's just getting the kids to come back out, you know, reaching the kids. I want to get involved in our youth program a lot more because we we had 78 kids come out for the program this year and about only 29 ever played in the youth program before. So I think it's just getting the message out there a little younger and attacking the youth and how can we make the youth program much stronger. You know, our, our youth, they do a great job over there. Just our numbers aren't great. And if we can get to a little bit more numbers, now we're getting a little bit more of a feeder program instead of the old traditional way of getting them in the ninth grade, teaching them lacrosse. So hopefully by their junior, senior year, we can be competitive enough to compete with the big dogs. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's the big thing is that's the chasing game, you know, and then unfortunately in, in Norwalk, you have the two schools and then, you know, you get some kids that end up going to private schools and prep mm -hmm. schools like that, which you get that all over regardless. Yeah. But, you know, my goal is hopefully, you know, to be here for 20 years, you know, to be able to coach my son at McMahon, to be able to coach some of my nephews and nieces, you know, and try to build it, you know, build it the right way, start young, learning these kids how to catch, pass, ground balls, all that basic stuff. So now when they get to high school, we know the fundamentals of the game, and now you can start teaching the offenses and stuff like that and put everything together. I mean, I think Glenn's going to do an outstanding job at Norcai. We've talked. We're going to start something this summer. We're putting something together through Connecticut City Lacrosse that uh, Mike Naz that's helped us a lot through Stanford, and I think it'll go a long way for the city of Norwalk. You, you mentioned him a couple of times. You know, what's what's Mike Epstein mean to you? What's uh, what you know, when you think of him? What are the things you think of? 
Yeah, it means everything to me still. I mean, if, if it wasn't for Coach Epstein, I wouldn't even be coaching lacrosse today. I wouldn't even have got involved in the game of lacrosse. I mean, we still talk daily, obviously. Um, he's a special person to me. You know, I, I my thing with wanting to get into coaching, I mean, I was able to play for two great coaches in Rob Trafone and football at McMahon and Mike Epstein. And I lost my father at a young age, so I always wanted to – they were like father figures to me, and I wanted to be like them. So, like, a lot of people want to do this, that. I always wanted to coach, and you know, I always wanted to be a little bit like Rob Jafone or Mike Epstein, and then being able to work under Coach B for the last couple of years in his preseason. You know, I went took a little bit from Coach Coach Braymeyer and then with McNulty. You know, so I try to take a little bit from all them guys. But uh, Epps a special dude to me. You know, Epps one special guy, and I know he has my back no matter what. Yeah, Mike is uh, now at Fairfield Prep as an assistant. Uh, what, what what's not the biggest lesson you took for him? I mean, first of all, let me actually take it back. What, what year did you graduate? Uh... McMahon. 2000. Graduated in 2000. Oh. It was just uh, the and biggest how, lesson I took from him. Yep. Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, how, how uh, and, and how did you get into the sport? Because I was a baseball guy originally, and then uh, I didn't make the baseball team. I don't know how, so I still busted up the AD's <laughs> balls a little bit on that. He was the baseball coach at the time, so I was still scooping balls at first base better than the guy you had, but uh, he came up to me and this kid, Amit Gadiali, right away, and he was like, guys, why don't you come try out lacrosse? You know, you play football. It's a great sport. You know, we, we got hooked to it almost right away. I mean, just the intensity. And even back then, you know, there's a little bit more contact than what you get away with now. But the speed of the game and just the purity of the game, you know, when things were going right, it was just it was a fun game. Had you ever, like, really watched it or, or paid attention to it before? No, before that, no, before I met my guest, I never even knew what a lacrosse stick was, basically. <laughs> Uh, what did you play? I played defense. Okay, so that was great for a football guy, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, what I mean, Dan. You know, what I mean, he saw athletes. You know, Mike. That's one thing. You know, I do. I still coach football. And, you know, you see, one thing he taught me was, you know, you got to get the athletes. If you can get the athletes out there. That's how you build a little bit at McMahon. And I, I firmly believe, you know, the football and lacrosse aspect go hand in hand. That toughness that football brings to lacrosse, and that footwork that lacrosse brings to football is just amazing. I think it's dynamic. Yeah, I've seen some great football players go on to have great lacrosse careers. Um, what's the biggest lesson you took from Mike? Um, just being being you, being genuine, doing it the right way, just doing it right. You know what I mean? Don't cheat yourself. You know, go out there every day and just do it the right way. You know, bring the, the kids come first. You know, one thing, Mike, I mean, at the end of the year, I mean, he would leave negative money because everything he would do for the kids and for his coaching staff is just do it for the game, you know, grow the game and just do it the right way. Or just don't do it at all. You know what I mean? Why waste the time of being out there? What was the hardest thing for you to learn about uh, how, how to play lacrosse? Uh, at first, just the catching and passing. You know what I mean? I heard the catching and passing. It almost seemed impossible. But, like, once you once you learn how to do it, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. You put the stick down for four or five years, and then, it's you know, it's like it becomes natural. But it's the getting the catching and passing down. You know, people don't realize that at first. You know, everything is just so easy to pick it up, pick it up. But, you know, you get that down, and then, you come pretty. You let, you let instincts take over after that a little bit. Is it the same thing? You know, with kids who are still trying, it's the same. That's the hardest thing to to learn, right? Basically, how to yeah, handle. Yeah, I it. mean, just the handling. You know, it's just, the, and I think that's you know, state wise, national wise. You know, it's just the handling of the ball. You know, what I mean, the game's gotten so much better and so much quicker that, like I was talking about before, when I played in two thousand, it was more the bigger guys, the tougher guys. Now it's more like the footwork, the speed, and being able to possess the ball. You know, so it's just that that stick work. If you can get that catch and throw back, that's why it's such a great game for athletes. You know, if you can get that stick work down, people can go very far in this game. I, mean, I know there's not a huge pro following right now, but 
even bigger than the pros. Not many pros from Division One football go on and play pro. You know, you can get kids to get educations through this game. Yeah, and that's obviously the most important thing. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because those are our leaders, you know. Yeah, I mean, you get, if, yeah, college is just so expensive. And, and, and that, that's always been a thing with lacrosse. Lacrosse is still niche enough, and we live in a hot spot. And you look around, and everyone he, around, and every team has a guy who's going to go play in college at some point. you have any guys, uh, who, you know, looking uh, to maybe play uh, the next level? Yeah, because Charlie's getting looked at a little by Thompson right now. Uh, Ian Campbell just actually signed to go uh, to Florida University, but he's going to go try to play a little club there. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had a lot of interesting kids, you know, they want to go down in the days, you know, scouting days, you know, get them in a little summer ball. You know, we're trying to change that when more kids want to play college lacrosse. Yeah. So I uh, just taking a look at the, the rest of the schedule. You guys, yes, your, your schedule, man, it, it is rough, but uh, lots, still plenty of opportunity there to, uh, you know, improve the record. And, you know, what do you think the rest of the way? Uh, you know, it's just like I said before, it's just going out there every day and getting better, mm -hmm. you know going out and giving effort effort and energy that's why effort and energy they can control them things control what we can control you know you, there's not many things you control but there's certain things you can control you know what i mean you know you may not necessarily be the fastest guy in the field the toughest guy well then go control your stick work you know have that stick close to your body little things like that and if you know we can get better every day and do our thing to get better every day i think it, when all said and done we'll be okay we'll be all right you know even throw the record away you know it's all about just building and setting that foundation right now at the very least, though, you got to take that Norwalk game Thursday, May May sixteenth. You know that uh, if you're gonna lose, yeah, that, that one win circled one game. right away. Yeah, that one circled right away. You know, when you get the job, that one gets circled right away. Especially being a Norwalk guy and playing in the rival and little things like that. You know, having a relationship with Glenn. You know, the records get thrown away for that game. You know, I don't care what the record is. You know, we're gonna go. They're both gonna be a battle for that one. Yeah, that is one of the most fierce rivalries, uh, you know, in the FCAC and maybe even the state. I mean, when you get Norwalk and McMahon together, oof, look out. <laughs> That's always a great game. All right. Well, Coach, listen, uh, once again, thanks for coming up and, and talking a little bit about uh, Ty. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, put some, um, we'll put some links up on the, on the site. So if you if you want to donate and, and give some or you know, give some time, uh, you you can donate there, uh, GoFundMe or or and or some of the the events they're going to have uh, uh, down the road. We we wish, you know, Ty and his family nothing but the best. We're we're all rooting for you, kid, and uh, go get him. So uh, coach, we appreciate you having us on. Give us give him our best wishes. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate having you guys. Look forward to talking to you guys in the future. All right. Well, good luck, coach. Appreciate it, and we'll we'll talk to you on the road. And that was uh, McMahon coach Joey Smith, and we appreciate his uh, giving us a little time to talk about uh, Coach Ty. And uh, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna donate or you wanna contribute to the family, we'll have some links on the website at gametimect.com on on this podcast page. Um, you know, and uh, speaking of uh, of uh, the community coming out to support, um, we should also mention that. Uh, Longtime referee and, and, and former Staples assistant coach and a New Canaan guy, uh, Lou Sochi. You know his daughter Mary, who's who's 12 years old, is has really been battling um, a, a brain cancer diagnosis. And uh, you know I saw Lou at a couple games this year, and we talked a little bit about it. And it's just heartbreaking to see, especially someone at a young age, and, and what the family has to go through. And, and so and uh, so it's really heartwarming to see uh, that there are also some initiatives going on to help help the Sochi family uh, fundraise. Uh, new Fairfield during New Fairfield's New Newtown game, they're going to have a, a fundraiser there. Tell us a little bit about that, about that Mike. Yeah, I believe the uh, they're going to be uh, accepting donations on the way in. Just you know, as in you know, 
in lieu of an admission, they'll be uh, they'll be collecting money for uh, for the Sochi family. Right. So basically, right the now. the cost of admission it's, it's a donation. The cost of admission will be to it to be to contribute to the Sochi family. And uh, you know, Lou is just a you know I I know I've known Lou for as long as I've been uh, in in the in this business. You know, really great coach in in football, and obviously he's one of the most respected uh, referees in the state. Um, so our, 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 uh, our continued, uh, support there. And if you, anything you could do to help the Sochi family, that'd be tremendous. Uh, you, you know, you, you know, healthcare in this country is no, is, it's no laughing matter. It is not good <laughs> not to get too political or crazy on it, but it, I mean, there's no way to cut it. And healthcare in this country is backwards and, and ridiculous. And they hear some of the horror stories that, uh, that, that families have to do in those situations, uh, to, 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 to get just basic coverage. You know, it, it just, you basically got to mortgage your entire future, the, the whole family's future, it, you know, and it, it's it's ridiculous. So anyway, not, not to get into that, anything you can do to help uh, uh, Lou Sochi's family and even Ty Gorinch's family, you can, we'll have links all on the website. So looking at the head of the week, um, you know, obviously we, we mentioned New Canaan at, at uh, Fairfield Prep, you know, I... Uh, if New Canaan's healthy, man, I I, I think that they're uh, I think they're going to be really really tough. I know you got to go to Raftery Stadium, but I think you know you have the two faceoff guys and and uh, Fairfield Prep's defense is pretty young. You know, going up against that attack, uh, that's going to be really tough. And look, Quentin O'Connell's one of the best players in the country as far as you know high school cross players. He's going to North Carolina, but there's so many other guys there. You know, Liam Griffiths. Um, you have uh, Chris Kinnett. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, that's going to be a really. <laughs> that's going to be a challenge. And I know Fairfield Prep. They got Mason Reale. They got Kavanaugh. Uh, they have uh, Boyle, uh, McLevy, yeah, Randolfo, They they can score too. Yes, this is my point. Fairfield Prep can score too, and, and they uh, got a goalie as well. well so yeah, Finn O'Connor had twenty saves. We didn't mention that twenty saves in that loss to Chaminade, which you know, hey, Finn O'Connor, that that's a heck of a performance by him. You know, so that's the great equalizer. You can neutralize a team's faceoffs if the you play. Tough defense. You ride them hard. You create turnovers, and then your goalie plays. You know, is your last line of defense, and he. You know, sometimes it's the luck of the draw. Sometimes it's not. But you know, I, <laughs> I did a story on faceoffs about three or four years ago, and I forget who it was that I talked to. I talked to some uh, a college coach, I think, who said that if you really get into the analytics, the faceoff guy doesn't matter as much as you think he does, which is pretty funny. Yeah, because it's a lot of that. If you can force the turnovers, if you can get the saves, you you can neutralize it. Right. But it's but, but yet when you're winning seventeen and nineteen, it's it's when you're winning seventeen and nineteen faceoffs, it's tough. Yeah. Like, let me tell you. I mean, again, Glastonbury can score with any 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 team in the state. Right. All those kids are great. I mean, Tierney's going to Hofstra. Um, you have Hazard's going to Wesleyan. I mean, that's no joke either. I mean, yep. Wesleyan is the, yep. the uh, national champions yep. program that uh, John Rabin uh, runs over there. And uh, so they can score with anyone. It's just the face-off, man. I mean, that's why guys are – that's why you can make a living as a FOGO. Yep. Because it's so important. If you just have that knack for, for getting that ground ball or coming right off the spot, then uh, you, your team's going to be able to go a long way. Yep. If you have a team that's veteran like Glastonbury and they can score, you know you're in there with every game. But when you have two guys, I don't know, what to, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You know, you have two guys who can, who can face off. Uh, you know, like, like last year, New Canning was blessed with uh, you know Nick Rivato, um, who Chip Buzzy would call the, the best player in the state. He declared that after they lost to Darianne and in the semifinals and uh, and Cravato was you think how many guys they got there but they just they just keep churning them out and he goes well we got four <laughs> you know um Justin Weifelt's going to Michigan and uh and Tim Norton's going to to, to Vermont and you know 
they just keep turning. They got two more, you know, they just keep turning. So I think that's going to obviously big, be big. It's good. This is going to come down to Fairfield Preps defense. Can Fairfield Preps defense neutralize that face off? And that's so we'll, we'll have to see how that all, all comes out. And then, you know, meanwhile, you, you got Darien sitting there lying in wait for that big game the week after. I don't see them losing to Greenwich or Norwalk. So they should be uh, rolling along, I, I believe, it, with I think they should be 12-3 and three by the time that those two teams meet. So, Mike, anything else we got to look forward to uh, this coming week? I think those are the big ones. we got uh, you know, New Canaan Prep, New Fairfield, Newtown, uh, Darien playing Greenwich, Guilford and Xavier on Monday, if you want to see how that sorts out, which it seems like Guilford's the seems like Guilford's Guilford's number so- two right now. Yeah, the, I think uh, Guilford's the the s- solid number two. I mean, I think there's a big gap between them and Fairfield Prep, obviously. Uh, but not as far as like the attack goes. And those guys can score. We can we saw that. But uh, yeah, we had North Haven, Notre Dame last night. That was big. You know, uh, so and uh, Wilton Wilton's got Yorktown on Monday, which could be interesting as well. Wilton, you know, as as they're kind of getting healthier, and they've they beat Staples, they beat St. Joe's. Uh, they've got McMahon on Saturday, and they got then they got Yorktown, Richfield, and Ludlow the next uh, their next three. It's games, obviously so going to be huge for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wilton, they're back. Wilton, you know, Wilton only lost to couple teams by a goal. They lost to New Canaan by a goal. Lost to Greenwich and OT by a goal. They lost to John Jay in New York by a goal. Uh, they're and healthy. They, they're dangerous. Yeah. And then they were right there with Fairfield Prep. They were right there with Chaminade as well. I mean, it was, you know, 16-10. Uh, Darian's the only team that really, really, you know, kind of smoked them there. But now they've won three straight. They're going to go into McMahon on Saturday. Uh, and then they're going to play Yorktown. And then, then they get Roy Cosley's Ridgefield Tigers on Thursday the 9th. So, uh, you know, lots coming up. We're really excited. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, Joe Smith for, for joining us on the pod. Mike, any final thoughts? I think you covered it. Yeah. We're going to call that a podcast. A little bit of a, you know, we're all over the place. There's just so much to talk about, and I'm fired up. That was a fun last weekend. I'm looking forward to another great weekend. So, for Mike Bio, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. This has been the Lone Stick Podcast. We will see you next week.